Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon! Good morning, Lyle! Morning, Mon! How's it going? What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for the tandies today. Ooh, the, t- the, the what? The tandy. Okay. Come on, you know the Tandys. I do know the Tandys. The, t- the Tandys are uh, uh, twins, Tim and Andy. And uh-huh. guess what I was doing all the way into work today? What were you doing? Listening to the radio. Guess what I was listening to on the radio? Faith FM? Yes. <laughs> and and I always used to have to do it on my phone. Yeah. On using the TuneIn app, which yeah. is actually a really great way of doing it. But today, all the way in, I was listening on my car radio because <gasps> the Tandys... Amazing geniuses that they are, uh-huh. um, took our antenna mm-hmm. off our Stanhope transmitter, mm-hmm. Stanhope Hunter Valley, yeah, and mounted it at the top of a very, very tall ironbark tree. Good on them. Now like 18 metres high. Good on and them. And that signal is cranking. Strong. That's really great. So, yeah, all those people out there in the Stan- Stanhope area can now listen to the show. Yes. Good on them. Greta, Brankston, Singleton, um, all through there, just... Now, will they be listening to the live show or they listen to the late show? That question I have asked, and if they did not get the live show today, they will be getting it soon. Oh, so okay. they won't be hearing this bit because this is the introduction this to is, the delayed yeah. broadcast. This is the delayed broadcast intro, our dear listeners. Um, but you know what? Don't stress. You can actually jump across to the live show. We tell you this every morning, um, and it's still as easy to do as it was yesterday or the day before that. Just go to faithfm.com.au. That's our website. At the top, you'll see the live stream. You can just press play, or you can download the TuneIn app to whatever device you use, and uh, search for Faith FM Australia. And once again, just press play. And of course, you can snap up all the prizes and the giveaways. Today, everything got taken. The quiz got answered. The giveaway got snapped up. It's all gone. So, yeah. I mean, just you test go. yourself today with a quiz, but just be aware. If you jump across the live show, you could actually test yourself and win. So much better on the live show. So much more interesting. And uh, But the course- one thing we do do that's both on the live and on the delay that we don't need to be you know timed for is to share stories of gratitude. So irrespective of which show you're listening to, live or delayed, you can text us anytime 0491-064-669 and share your stories of gratitude. And we'll share them with the world. In fact, today we had Ben from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. He's probably up to work right now at the Australia Zoo, mm-hmm. he shared a story um, that he's grateful for Australian mateship. Uh, two of his colleagues had their house burned down just over a week ago and they lost all their things. Uh, fortunately, they did get out along with their dogs. Um, but another colleague organized a GoFundMe campaign and within a few days, $10,000 was um, raised to help them replace all their belongings with just people chipping in. So yeah, it's a great story. And if you have a gratitude, text it through and stay tuned. We're going to be sharing those and having a great show today.
Listening to uh, Chelsea Moon with uh, Jesus Paid It All here on Faith FM this morning. And as we get into the breakfast show, Mon. Yes, we have a new quiz this morning to uh, wake us up. Man, you and I really need to wake up our brains. <laughs> <laughs> it is Monday morning. <laughs> Monday fog is happening outside and inside. Uh, so this is a Who Am I quiz. Of course, we will send the prize if you get it right. The first clue is very specific. Hang on, let me have a look. I might do do do. Oh, come on. No cheating now. You're just trying to find a harder harder one. I am. I am trying to find a harder one. Now, they're all pretty easy. This is going to be an easy one. Okay, here we go. Zechariah chapter 11 verses 12 to 13 prophesies of my wickedness. What? Nah, yes. Okay, that's easy. What do you mean that's easy? Because it gives you the exact location of where to find the answer. That's why it's easy. You know exactly where to go in the Bible to find the answer to that one. Who am I? (laughs) Zechariah 11 verses 12 to 13 prophesies of my wickedness. If you know I want to know whether anyone can find the answer to this one Mm -hmm. without looking up in the Bible. 
Yeah, that would be impressive. And being honest. Yeah, you yeah. Got, you got to be honest. When you mm-hmm. call in and say, no, I did not, you know, we, we'll trust you. Uh, and hey, if you looked it up, we'll give you the prize anyway. Yeah. But 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. 1-800-324-843. If you know it, whether or not you looked it up, we're going to send you the prize. I, I kind of want to have a look at it up right now to see whether or not it actually is written <coughs> okay, in there. Okay, so Mon is sitting here officially cheating right now. Oh, what do you mean cheating? I know the answer. <laughs> oh, okay, that's all right then. I just I always get confused between Zachariah and Zephaniah. Well, Zephaniah is the little one and Zachariah is the big one. Were they related at all? Were Zachariah? They no, they weren't friends. Um, they were not related. They were, did not live in the same era, I should say. Okay, okay, I have the answer right. It doesn't actually say this person's name, but it gives another clue, basically. Mm. Yeah. So even if you looked it up, there's no particular name, but there is a very, very iconic story that it references, which you will immediately, well, you should immediately know who it is relating to. I know Zechariah 3. I know Zechariah 4. I know Zechariah 5. Can't pick it on chapter 11. Yeah. <laughs> Frustrating. There's a number of different characters in those other chapters that I just mentioned, but... Um, hey, if you can get it before Lyle, I'll give you double prizes. And and if you can get it without looking it up. Well, it doesn't matter if they look it up because it's not written there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. So, what have we got in positively different news for us this morning? Okay. Lyle. Okay. So, have you ever been a student? Briefly. And for as little time as possible. Did it cost you a ton of money? Yes. Yeah, the, I'm actually gonna like. Uh, I'm gonna try. It cost, it cost me five acres of waterfront land with a building on it. Oh, that's right. You had to make a decision. Yeah, yeah property yeah. or education. Yeah, it was uh, it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, because you got a, you got a wife out of that too. <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went overseas and got yourself a pretty American wife. Well, student debt is actually a bit, something that I I'm gonna try and not rant about this because it, it is something that annoys me. I think my when I was in my early 20s is when disillusionment set in and I really began to understand that education is no longer about education. Education is about business. Oh, yes. Um, and education mean, is big business. Look at the massive impact that education yep. is having on the Australian economy. Yeah. I think we are, what, what number one or number two in the world for uh, as, as our it's biggest, just, one of our biggest exports being uh, education. Yeah, absolutely. We, we know we saw that stuff often. And I've seen now, like, you know, because I, I studied a bit in the field of uh, natural... Um, 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 medicine, um, you know, uh, dodge, any kind of stuff. Um, man, I cannot speak today. <laughs> nutrition, <laughs> nutrition is what I'm looking for. And uh, and so <clears throat> because this is a is a field that is that is gaining popularity and gaining traction, it's becoming a huge industry. And so I've watched over the past few years these schools spring up mm-hmm. and just sort of like throw together a curriculum and be like, oh, yep, that we're going to call that a degree. Uh, here you go. Give us like. All your money, and uh, and at the end of it, you can have this degree. And I've watched just several of these places where I've, I've had friends enroll and start to study and graduate from. Have then after a few years gone, oh, actually, do you know what? This is now obsolete. Um, sorry about that. You're gonna have to come back to school and do another few years for you to get what we've just given you. And and so it's made me really mad that they can do it in such a, a slipshod manner and get an astronomical amount of money out of people, and uh, and not so much get money out of them, but put them into debt. For a very, very long time. Um, and so, th- I mean, I know I'm saying like I'm, I'm harping on about bad news, but I actually have some good news about this. This is very interesting because this is, a, this is you know, in first world countries, this is quite the epidemic um, and it's, it's getting worse and worse uh, in terms of um, student debt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so get this right. There's a school in New York. It's called um, the, uh, the NYU uh, New York University School of Medicine. 
Mm-hmm. So trains uh, doctors. It's just announced, um, and it's, they did this at their annual white coat ceremony. Have you heard of white coat ceremony? It's basically where like the new students, um, when they're when they're coming and they do like a big sort of ceremony for them, and they're presented with a white lab coat, which marks the start of their medical um, education and training. Okay. And uh, and as a surprise ending mm-hmm. to the um, to the annual white coat ceremony, they announced that from this day forward. All tuition for MDs is free. What? Exactly. How? Yeah, how, that, how it's boggling my mind. How is that possible? That, and they and they and they absolutely put their hands up. And they, I'm a little tight. I'm like point zero percent dubious about this. Yeah, I'm. I'm there's, there's, listen, there's, a, there's a okay. You they, can't. They have nothing is nothing is free. You do know that. Yeah, right? true. Nothing and is I'm free. I'm trying in this to world. figure out the business model that they're going with uh, while I'm reading this article. But they did say the decision was as a result of a. Of, of moral moral standing like that they they realize morally that this is wrong the way that um doctors in particular wait a minute, because wait a you minute. know how back yeah, in the no, day wait 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 should you get stuff for free though shouldn't you no, no, is listen, it listen. right and proper that you no, earn things no, i mean look doctors in we particular all for our you know back in the day doctors you know it was a good career path because you know you were <coughs> able to you know make, make buckets of money yeah yeah and uh, and this is becoming it's take a long time to get there once you get there you got a license to print well, money but, but but listen wait so this is becoming less and less true because doctors are now being charged so much they're just being like thrown all these fees at them they come out of school often million dollars in debt and so they have you know then they have the rest of their career where they have to work off all the debt and then they can make some money and so being a doctor is actually nowhere near as lucrative as it used to be and still, this is actually could be lucrative no I have, this is, I have some friends who are doctors believe me it's plenty yeah they might have be old school doctors but the ones that are graduating no, 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 these I'm days new school I'm to- well, you know old school I know new school the ones that I know like their faces have changed they're no longer like happy clappy and this is what's happening, right? So often these graduates, um, they're no longer just staying MDs. Um, they often, like, they choose to specialise because yes. that's how you get more money so you can pay off oh, your absolutely, debt. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, so many students now, they're going into uh, higher paid specialties, which is drawing talent away from, like, I guess the less lucrative fields like primary care, paediatrics, um, OBGYN, and... Uh, and so they're actually having a um, they're beginning to have a, an issue where we don't have enough doctors in in the in those less lucrative fields, and so it's, it's now creating uh, what could potentially be quite a disastrous result in the coming years when we just have a, gener- a couple of generations where we just don't have enough no GPs no GPs they're no actually creating practice. GP as a specialty. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. That means they have to pay more to get their GP ticket. Yeah. It's disgusting. Anyway. <laughs> and you, have, you pay more to go to the GP, of course, because he's a specialist. Yes, yeah, specialist and what? <coughs> and, um, okay, so hang on, let okay, me... Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lot of good GPs out there. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, one. yeah, but it's my not GP, a specialty. My, my GP is awesome. Yeah, so is mine, but it, we G- sit there and talk GP about shouldn't, be, shouldn't be considered a, special, a speciality just so we can charge people more to learn how to become a GP. For sure. And well, this is to, the other problem that this has created. We need to, and we need, you know, GPs are critical to... Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think this school is good in doing that and the other of course the other problem that um, this really high uh, level of fees on on doctors has created is that a lot of um, good talent 
is is not choosing to go down the medical route because they're scared of how much um, fees are going to be charged. And uh, and what's happening is only rich kids are getting into school. And so they're, they're losing a diversity. And so the school has recognized that with a population as diverse as ours these days, it's it's best served by doctors from all walks of life, not just from like rich kids. And, uh, and so they're trying to, you know, anyone who aspires to be a physician or, or a surgeon, like they shouldn't be prevented from, from pursuing a, a career in medicine just because of money. I mean, maybe if they're not... Yeah, it reminds me of a, uh, a family living in the... Uh, some, somewhere in this area, in a, in a suburb that I won't mention because it's a, it's a suburb full of um, <coughs> very low socioeconomic environment and they came from that, more or less, that kind of an environment, decided to better themselves and um, one of them went out, the, the father went out and became a doctor. Yeah. And then all the kids did as well. And yeah. there's a whole bunch of bogan doctors, but... Good doctors. Yeah, yeah. But the question that I want to know is like, how is this university now going to make money? Like, yeah, that's, I'm sure I, that yeah. being like the first <laughs> it school, sounds good, first but university, comes for free. university, first university in America to offer free medical tuition, I'm sure everyone in America is now going to want to enroll there, which means they're going to have, a, you know, a huge line of people. And they can pick the cream of the crop. And, and suddenly have the best school in America. But yes. how do they make money out of that? Where's the money coming from? Give us a call if you know school. the answer.
You're listening to Jaden Levick with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM. And as we come to the second part of our news segment, what have you got for us there, Mon? Yeah, okay. So I have a second clue. No one's got it so far. Uh, neither of you. Who am I? I said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. <laughs> mm, you know who it is now? Yes. Now. Ah, that one's easy. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't believe you gave us a clue for that one from <laughs> Zachariah. Seriously. Yeah, that's a good clue, though. Uh, give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Of course, you can jump onto our Instagram. We already have clues up there. We have them up ahead of time. Our Instagram name is FaithFM Live, all lowercase, all low, uh, one word, uh, FaithFM Live. And you can just jump on there and watch our Insta story, which is live for 24 hours. And talking about our Insta story um, and social media, it would be worth your while popping over and checking our Facebook page as well because we have some interesting conversations that take place on Facebook. Yes, we often keep our conversations going offline and uh, and on social media. So Lyle will stick up his rants that you know he's done up on Facebook, and people weigh in and make comments. And so if you if you want to know more, if you want to join in, jump on there. Yeah. So I had a I had a rant about a week ago ago week or so ago where I was talking about the uh, confessional mm-hmm. and uh, how that this was probably the greatest grooming device ever invented that you. Know, gives daily access to children by men. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I made a number of points here. Access to children alone in a one-on-one setting. No other church allows this. Uh, a requirement to discuss you know, children's sexual practices and fantasies. Details about a child's life. Opportunity to discover a child's vulnerability to abuse through questioning. Access to details of a child's life that they don't share with their parents. The identity of vulnerable children, intimate environment, intimate conversations, information gained from children that can be easily used for blackmail. Um, And all this taken by a priest who practices um, the unnatural doctrine of celibacy. And unlike any other institution in Australia, um, these people that the priests are legally exempt from mandatory reporting of child sex abuse. And the so stats was, are speaking for themselves, the result and of this. The, and the reason that I've been talking about this and bringing it up on the news and, uh, and, and trying to highlight this is because the thing that's doing my head in is that we've got, you know, all of these comments being made in relationship to, you know, Philip Wilson and the, and the Royal Commission on Sex Abuse and all these kinds of stuff, and nobody is talking about this subject right here. Yeah, yeah. Why? What you know, the Royal Commission identified the confessional and celibacy as major problems that needed to be addressed. Mm-hmm. No government, no state government, or federal, not the federal government in Australia has addressed this. Um, they haven't even attempted to do so, and the media isn't speaking about it. So I'm like, well, if nobody's talking about it, I, I, yeah, you are the, the media. The, the, Royal, the Royal Commission, the Royal Commission put it out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this. This, uh-huh. ne- this needs to be discussed. But I did have an interesting comment. Um, <coughs> during the week where somebody said, you have to be joking, right? There are bigger issues than interdenominational mudslinging. What? Now, I'm just actually asking the question, wait a minute, here in Australia, do we have bigger issues to deal with than child sex abuse? No, to me, that's the top thing. I'm I'm struggling. When I read that, I'm thinking, okay... What do bigger we, issues? Do we, yes, if we ha- if there is a bigger issue out there in Australia, let us I'd, know. I'd like to know what it is. Please, please send it in because you know we are talking about our children here. We are talking about children who get a life sentence uh-huh. from the abuse that they suffer. And uh, here on Faith FM, we are going to stand up for the rights of children and for the rights of the abused, and we're not going to make any apologies for it. And when the Royal Commission highlights a particular issue, we're going to back that Royal Commission to the hilt Mm -hmm. because it is highlighting important issues in our world right now.
Look, I just want to say something that might, might come off sounding a bit strong. Like, I'm not a mother, <clears throat> but if I were a mother, I would never take my child to a confessional box. And I do believe that <clears throat> parents who do take their kids to confessional box, I, I believe it's a form of child abuse to even take your child there. Yeah, you're bad parenting if you leave your child in a confessional box. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Anyway, moving on. Um, what do you think of this story, Mon? Mm-hmm. Uh, over the weekend, um, Statue of Satan. Oh, what? Was unvi- an eight-foot statue of Satan unveiled outside the Arkansas Capitol building. Arkansas? Yes. Deep South, Bible Belt, Arkansas. Statue of Satan unveiled outside. It's one of Satan like being chucked off the... No, 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 no. Oh, no. This was, this was put, put there by the Church of Satan. A statue what? of Baphomet. You know Baphomet, right? You know, the goat kind of human, oh, yeah. kind mm-hmm, of mixed mm-hmm. up thing and all these kind of satanic symbols and, yeah, yeah. and, and all, this, uh, all this kind of thing. So what do you think of that, Mon? Is that on public land or is it like in front of their church? Well, I'll, I'll tell a little bit more about that story in just a moment. But was it was next to a statue of um, the Ten Commandments Oy. that had been covered by a black cloth at this particular point. What? How, how do they get away with this stuff? I think that's terrible. All right. But you, you think that's terrible? Yes. Uh-huh. <coughs> As a Christian, I think that's terrible. Uh-huh. Should they be allowed to? Uh, well, it's kind of funny because you, you can't go say they can't do it because they, it is right next to a, what, a public statue of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> this, this, uh-huh. exact, this uh-huh. is the thing, right? Uh-huh. And this was their point. They were making a point here. And the reason they unveiled this statue was the, for the purpose of making a point. You've got a statue of the Ten Commandments, which is a symbol of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish. I mean, yeah. so many of the evangelicals in Arkansas will tell you that, oh, no, the Ten Commandments were nailed to the cross. But, yes, we'll put it outside of our Capitol building. Mm-hmm. It's like, go figure. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And but but if the Christians have the right to set up a Christian symbol on a public on public land, you know, outside the Capitol building, which is a centre of politics, mm-hmm. then what's to stop the Satanists doing the same? I would want to say, um, shouldn't there be a majority vote here? Because I'm sure a lot of people will, even though they think that the Ten Commandments been nailed to the cross, they would want to have because it's there because you know they, they want their their laws and their mm-hmm. morality to be based hinged on the Ten Commandments. I don't think many Americans in Arkansas would be so keen to have their morality hinged on whatever the heck Satan's preaching. But haven't they already voted on it when they passed the Constitution, which which um, guaranteed separation of church and state and freedom of religion? Doesn't that guarantee give the Satanists the guarantee to have the same freedoms that you and I have as Christians? Yeah, but them being free, having freedom doesn't mean that they can just go erecting um, statues everywhere. Well, does, does that mean then the Christians can go just erecting statues? Anyway? No, because like I just said, Lyle, <laughs> majority vote of what, you know, public <laughs> art and they want to depict what it is their constitution is based on. Or whatever it is they've made their laws in it. Because what is it in front of? Like a, a front, what's it in front of? The Capitol building. Yeah, right. State Parliament, basically, yeah, for yeah. A, in Australian terms. And, and which is, you know, they, I mean, they like to think that has their roots in, 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 uh, in Christianity and on, based on the Ten Commandments. So that would be a more of an apt symbol of that. Whereas the Statue of Satan really has nothing to do with it. They're just, they're just being contentious. Okay, so there's a couple of points here that, that come to my mind. First of all, if the Ten Commandments are there as a symbol of... Um, a historical reality. The historical reality being that that government was formed based uh, on Christian principles mm-hmm. by Christians. Mm-hmm. Then, <clears throat> then I don't have a problem with it. If it is there as a symbol of um, 
our 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 country is a Christian country by definition, then in my mind that does away with the concept that this is a country that actually has separation of church and state because you can't call yourself a Christian country and also have separation of church and state. Yeah, that's true. I mean, America is clearly a Christian country. Nobody's going to deny mm-hmm. that America mm-hmm. is a Christian country. Mm-hmm. That's a statement of fact rather than a statement of the government. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I would have just presumed it was there for historical reasons. Yeah, I think that a lot of uh, politicians in the United States and a lot of people in the United States would see it very, very differently. They would mm-hmm. see it there as being oh, a, yeah. a symbol of... Uh, is, is there rioting happening? I can't imagine this wouldn't go down too well. Okay, so to um, yes, coming back to the story, mm-hmm. um, the statue was unveiled and a speech was made. It was interesting. I'll share a couple of things from the speech. Um, but it was actually unveiled on the back of a flatbed truck. Uh, yeah. And moved on a little while later because they did not have permission to have it there. And uh, one That's of the precisely um, what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> one of the one of the state uh, senators said it would be a very cold day in hell before a statue of Satan in his front yard. And I, I think that you know it's appropriate that we don't celebrate um, somebody who is universally seen to be a symbol of evil because you know a celebration of evil is a very negative thing, and we have enough negative things in our world already. But the uh, satanic priest who unveiled it said that this was a symbol of, that the statue of Satan was a symbol of um, legal equality, tolerance, free inquiry, freedom of conscience, and reconciliation. Which bothers me Very interesting. because this is what Jesus stands for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a messed up world when Satan, when, 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 a, when a, someone from the church of Satan says, oh, no, 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 Jesus doesn't stand for that. Jesus, Satan stands for that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting it's how the devil has, yeah, devil has jammed you know, Christianity down people's throats and made it a law so that he can then turn around and say, oh, but I'm the devil and I'll give you actually freedom of choice. It's interesting how he's done that. Yeah, the devil hates freedom and he will take away your freedom. He wants to destroy it. He wants to destroy you. He will give you the illusion of freedom, but never give it to you. He wants to make you his slave. This is uh, Derry Doherty, All to Jesus.
You're listening to Derry Doherty, All to Jesus, I Surrender here on Faith FM. And Mon, before we go to our interview, do you have another I do. clue for the quiz? Who <coughs> am I? I knew where to find Jesus after supper because he often met there with his disciples. Mm. Yeah, this is an easy one today. Yeah. <coughs> Give us a call. You know the number 1-800-324-843 if you know the answer and there is a free prize coming your way. Joining us today on Faith FM is Tapiwa Mutsuriwa. Welcome to the show, Tabby. Uh, thanks a lot, Lyle. Um, I'm happy to be here with you. So we uh, we just shortened your name a little bit. Um, it, uh, Tapi, yes. Yeah, That's Tapi. What my, all the friends call me. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your name from, Tapi? I am in Sydney. Um, oh, sorry. Did you say where do I come from? Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, that name. That's pretty he comes exotic. from Sydney. You just heard what he said. He comes <laughs> that's from an Sydney. exotic name for Sydney. <laughs> let me tell you. All right, but originally I'm from Zimbabwe. Oh, cool, Manero. Manero. Oh, that sounds like very Zimbabwean. Yeah, that's, that's the only Zimbabwean word like I know. In the evening, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's good evening, but it's the only one I got. So that's what you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, Mon, this is this is the breakfast show, not. Yeah, the look, maybe maybe in Zimbabwe right now it's is evening. You never know the time difference. It should be Mangwanani. Oh, Mangwanani. That's better. Hey, Mangwanani, everybody! Woo! <laughs> so special shout out to all our Zimbabwean friends from Mon this morning. Who is um, practicing her two her words of Zimbabwean? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just yeah. refreshing your memories. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So, how long have you been in Australia? This is my thirteenth year now. I've oh, been here wow. for thirteen years. Wow. And uh, and uh, w- you know what have you been doing in Australia? I have. By the way, I have no idea what this interview is about. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just sitting back and letting Mon take over because she's just uh, got all the questions. Well, that's all right. Look, we came out here because my wife got a job as a registered nurse at Liverpool Hospital, that's here in Sydney. But um, I always had passion for ministry. Um, I think um, you'll understand what I mean when I said passion for ministry, not for Mm -hmm. pastoral ministry. But when I got here, um, the Lord really, he's got long legs. I've been running away from pastoral ministry for many years. Then I found myself at Avondale. I literally found myself there. So something that I had planned. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, 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 Tabi. Ta- 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 oh, there's some, there's some, there's some details here that I just, I just need to know. You said you've been running away from ministry, and then you, you just found yourself at Avondale. First of all, yeah, tell us. Literally. Did you, literally did you do the, so. did you do the, did you do the whole Jonah thing? Um, uh, well. My middle name is Jonah. It's sort of a joking way. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you run from ministry, Tappy? Running from God's the silliest thing because you can never get away from Him. You know, the Lord has long legs. I, but to put it more sort of uh, precisely, I did not run away from ministry, but from pastoral ministry. Oh. I, uh, when when I came to to Australia, I had sixteen years of lay evangelism. Uh, behind me, so I was doing ministry. I just didn't want to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Oh, why? <laughs> right, I'm listening. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Mon, Mon was just asking why you didn't want to be a pastor. Is there something scary about being a pastor? Well, I, I actually studied with a lot of work, and um, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves in our flesh that this is not my, my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for somebody else. And um, 
you think you know better about what you should be doing, but you know, it's not about us. Yes, that that was pretty much it. I just didn't see myself in that role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and how did you find yourself at Avondale? Did you just uh, just just turn up there one day and it's like, wow, how did I end up here? How, t- tell us about that. Look, um, with the time we have, I'll just abbreviate it and say, um, I'd come back from Africa to do um, an evangelistic campaign and it had been very successful, sponsored by my local church that I was attending at that time. And um, so I was doing um, some kind of uh, report back to that church. Mm. And uh, an Avondale lecturer was there preaching that day, but he was sitting through when I was you know, in the segment of, of, of reporting back. And he said, I want to see you in my class next year. I sort of um, said, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. He went to his car, brought a, uh, um, what do you call this now? An application form. And I filled it in. And um, the next Sabbath, the president of the conference, uh, Michael Wecker, was preaching at our church. And I was finishing that report back. And he said, have you thought about going to Avondale? And I literally said to him, well, I have no money to go and study, which was not very accurate because I was actually going to be studying the next year at UTS and here in Sydney, my pre-med to start um, my, my, I wanted to be a doctor, a medical doctor. So mm-hmm. I had a pre-med, I was enrolled to do pre-med at UTS um, the next year. So he then actually said, well, we are not sponsoring anyone this year. Would you want to, next year, would you want to come through and do it? And um, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and the rest is history from there. And uh, actually, n- not there is an interesting bit I would quickly share with your listeners. It is that the first week um, of schools, the first sem- in, in the first semester, I actually found myself at UTS, not at Avondale, at UTS. I went through the first week of study at UTS, and in the second week, I was sitting. It was a Wednesday, I remember, and I was sitting through a lecture. And I just felt an emptiness within me. Everything just mm. went dark around me. And um, I asked myself a question. I never heard a voice. It was just an impression in my heart. But I asked myself a question before the end of that lecture. I said, what am I doing here? At the end of the lecture, I still had lectures in the day. But at the end of that lecture, I packed my bag, jumped onto the train and went back home to Liverpool. And the next morning I was in Avondale. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jonah, I mean, I mean, I mean Tuppy. <laughs> it seems you, you, you tried quite hard to go and do that, uh, that medical degree. And, uh, yeah. yeah, the Lord spoke to your heart. Praise God. How long have you been in ministry now? This is my, let me see, let me see. I finished it off in 2010. So this is my eighth year right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and tell us a little bit about the church that you're pastoring. What kind of a church are you pastoring? Well, right now I have two two churches that I'm pastoring. Uh, one is Cabramara, which is largely uh, Southeast Asian kind of uh, demography. And then I have Fairfield, which is smaller, um, with um, a bit of everything in there. <laughs> We've got about, uh, you know, a membership of about 60 with about 20 um nationalities, ethnic groups represented there. 
See, this is what I love about Christianity. Here you've got yeah. somebody who who uh, is born in Africa, lives in Australia, yeah. ministers to people from Southeast Asia, um, and then another church yeah. that just ministers to people from every different nationality. Well, can, well, yeah, every and, every and hundred tongue and people, the Bible says. <coughs> Lyle, if it's anything, let me tell you that one of my one of my passions is to preach from a Bible text that is found in Revelation fourteen six. It says, "Then I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to preach to, literally speaking, everyone in the world that come that from any ethnic group, um, language or, or tongue or kindred, that kind of thing." And um, that is, I'm actually leaving that in my two churches. And that's and that's interesting because you come from a country that we hear about as having yeah. a history um, from from a couple of different sides of um, severe racism, you know, and, and segregation oh, yeah. between. Tell us, tell us a little bit about a little bit about the history of Zimbabwe and what has taken place there, you know, as far as racial tensions go. Um, we we have suffered what could be compared to South Africa in many ways. Actually, while ours was not called apartheid, but it is very similar to that. It was more from the um, English kind of speaking world, while apartheid came from the African Dutch sort of speaking. So um, from as far back as the late 1800s, the British came and with Cecil John Rhodes and um, took most of our land, that is uh, the land, um, we have these tribal trust lands. And um, over the about 100 years, things were pretty much like that. Uh, blacks and whites would not mix and largely the blacks were, were offering labor for cheap labor for, for for the white masters if you like then came came 1970s we had what you'd like to call maybe a liberation struggle which um so to speak was successful and the black majority people took over but surprisingly you'd think the blacks had learned the um, you know the evil of of of, of racism Mm-hmm. But we saw the pendulum being swung right to the other end. Now the blacks are in power, trashing the whites, taking the land, um, sort of uh, willy-nilly. And sometimes, in some cases, even people were killed uh, in trying to take back that land. Yet there was enough land to be shared. I, I actually agree that there was need for something to be done around the land land issue. But the way it was done was not good at all, mm. such that people were left homeless and um, you know, thrown into poverty just like that overnight, which was not um, a good thing to do. And yet we actually claim 99% of Zimbabwe claims to be Christian. Yeah, that's a that's a terrible blot on Christianity and, mm. and, the, and the name of Christianity yeah. right there. And, and, you know, when we think of... Yeah. Um, you know the <clears throat> the reign of Robert Mugabe and and yeah. and compare you know him he, he's right up there with you know I guess you know Saddam Hussein Kim Jong Un Saddam Hussein Hitler and he mm-hmm. is called he's been called the African Hitler sometimes yeah yeah why is it do you think that our world has done nothing 
about, you know, obviously we invaded Iraq, got rid of Saddam Hussein. There's, you know, tremendous yeah. pressure on uh, North Korea, stuff like that. Why is it that that um, nothing was really done about Robert Mugabe? I mean, it seemed to be, you know, something something where we could have done significant things here in the West. Um, this is pretty much my opinion. Sure. Uh, I don't know whether there's any research that has been done out there, but my opinion is uh, ju- you just need to put a little bit of oil in the belly of the Zimbabwean soils and a bit more um, natural resources that could benefit people in the West, and then you see them jumping in. Yeah. Otherwise, no, uh, I, no, no, no oil in Zimbabwe. No oil in Zimbabwe, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it yeah. could. But that's how I sort of. See it. <coughs> I was just, um, it's really sad. Yeah, I was just looking up some 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 stats on uh, Zimbabwe before we we went on air and and uh, yeah. before the land redistribution took place, um, the white yeah. population was zero point six percent, but they owned seventy percent of the land. And as you say, something needed to be done about that. But obviously yeah, it yeah, the wrong yeah. Way. But yeah, um, I think the method the method was wrong. But mm-hmm. yeah, something needed to be done. And in the 37 years of Mugabe's reign, they estimate that it cost Zimbabwe $38 billion and 18 million people um, with life expectancy halved. Oh. So that's that, some, that, that, is, that is very true, yeah. Mm-hmm, pretty serious that stuff. That is very there. true. And so, so yeah. these are some you, – you've obviously come from a background of um, – yeah, you've, 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 in coming into ministry, you, you bring a, a background of experience that the average pastor out there does not have and it never is going to have. How do you find that affects your, your ministry as far as you know, pastoring such diverse multicultural churches? It has its triumphs and its challenges, and we... I guess they sort of balance each other out. Let me try. Let me start with um, the triumphs. You are constantly reminded that there are things that you hold on to that are more cultural than spiritual. Right. When you see the other person seeing the very same thing from a different perspective, so that can actually be a good thing mm-hmm. that you you learn. You know. You learn to understand what Paul means when he says, I was all things to all people. Mm. There is such a dynamic in that that is needed in our cross-cultural ministries. Just to be careful that you don't hold on to a cultural value and make it a spiritual thing. Sure, sure. Um, so that is one thing. Just as the early Christian church had challenges from you know, from that perspective of having different ethnic groups, chapter 6 and chapter 7 of the book of Acts tells us that the the, the Greek women, old women, were not being served well. Mm -hmm. That also comes up. You'd find that people tend to um, gravitate towards, you know, those that look like them. And if you're not careful, cliques can come up from that. So to actually um, nurture and foster a spirit of cordiality around um, different ethnic groups and make sure that the, there could be a lone person from a different ethnic group that they feel part of the group too. Mm, absolutely. Dabewa, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. It has been fantastic having you here on the show. I've just and got I one more question Mon's got for one you. more question. Um, so you said before that ministry wasn't quite your cup of tea, but you've been doing it for a while now. The Lord's put you in there. Is it your cup of tea now, Tappy? 
I can tell you now that I could never do anything. I, I'm actually regretting the years I've been running away from oh, the Lord. Oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. The Lord knew that you were going to love it, Taffy, and I think that's the story for all of us. The Lord knows Thank- the right path for us, doesn't he? Thank you so much Thank for joining us today, Tavi. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and uh, just some sharing some amazing experiences and God bless you. Thanks a lot, Lion. And that was uh, uh, Tapiwa Mutsuriwa. Go on, my, <laughs> my, my tongue around that right there. Um, joining us here on Faith FM. That's a great testimony. A really, a really, a really incredible story, actually. You know, running from God and then running to God and God having you the whole time.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.